Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Alex McFarland. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Welcome to this very special edition of the program. Hi, Alex McFarland here. Folks, this is a very special show, and I'll tell you why in just a moment, but I do want to welcome you to this program, and I'm going to give the number because later on in the program we'll take questions. The telephone number, if you have a question or comment, you want to participate in the discussion, it's going to be 719-619-2341. Now, later on in the show, we'll talk with a man that that has had his books banned from Amazon.com. We'll talk a little bit about censorship and why that's a problem. We'll talk about a big event coming up in Orlando, Florida, uh, later on in the program. But, you know, I, I want to say, as a, a guy that loves God and country, I care deeply about the future of America. And I had the privilege, I was raised in a household with a very, very godly and conservative mom and dad. In fact, many, many years ago, my mother, before she was married, was president of the North Carolina Young Republicans. And I grew up in a house that uh, they every week would watch a, a very wonderful show called Firing Line w with William F. Buckley Jr. So conservatism and patriotism were just part of my upbringing. And that being said, it is just with the greatest imaginable uh, gratitude and pleasure that I welcome to the program David Horowitz. He's a longtime conservative thinker and writer and a figure that is uh, just venerated on the right and probably vilified on the left. And you, you'll understand why, but he is just a, a great American. And he's with us for a few moments this evening. And uh, I just want to say thank you for making time. Thank you for doing what you do for our country. And we welcome you to, I believe, your first visit on Truth and Liberty. Uh, welcome, yeah. sir. Thank you. So, uh, Remind me that Buckley's first book, when yeah. his young man was God and man at Yale, and he was warning that Yale was a menace to America. Yeah, I, I, I remember that book. So, let me ask you this. Bring us up to speed for those, because we have new viewers all the time. When you talk about conservatism, uh, what is conservatism and why is it important? Well, I, I see the anchor of conservatism politically. It's very important because we have, a, a, shall we say, a multicultural society. Not everybody goes to church on Sunday or synagogue on Saturday, but we're all united in having the Constitution binds us. That, that's what makes us a people. And, of course, we have the common... Uh, history of defending that Constitution. And, uh, you know, our, our history is under attack from a very 
unscrupulous and sinister left that wants to destroy America, that is very anti-religion and anti-family, which are the two pillars, really, of our country. Um, and th their attack knows no bounds. Uh, the fact of the matter is that we have nothing to be ashamed about in the history of slavery in this country. Slaves were enslaved by black Africans and sold at auctions in Ghana and Benin in Africa. And white America, mainly white America, um, gave 360,000 lives to free the slaves, and that should never be forgotten. I don't think there's any other race in history if we want to get into the left's racial uh, language, any other race in history that has made such a sacrifice to free another race, motivated, motivated mainly by Christian ideas. I say yeah. this as an agnostic Jew, I've written a book called Dark Agenda about the war to destroy mm -hmm. Christian America. A, why, why, do you, yeah. why do you think the left is so anti-religion and anti-God oh, and anti-moral absolutes? Very easy, because religious people owe their allegiance and sense of right and wrong to a higher power than Joe Biden, than Elizabeth Warren and AOC, and the Bible has the, the basic truth on which our democracy is built, mm -hmm. which is that we're, we're the social problem. There's no such thing as society. That's a fiction. Society is just uh, the gathering of all the people who make it up. And uh, as the story of the Garden of Eden really tells us, tells it all, that people could have had a paradise on Earth like California. <laughs> huh. But they, well, if, they, if they didn't do one thing, which is to want to know evil, and they yeah. defy God to, want to know evil, that's, that's the central truth of our lives. Yeah, there's a, a great disparity between the Garden of Eden and California, isn't there? And what, what I'm saying, California is a beautiful state if you haven't been there. Sure, sure. Ruined, no. ruined by human beings, but that's the problem, human beings. We have a world. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, you know, we, 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 have, we have a sin problem. You know, the, the problem is not economic or even academic. The problem, it, conservatism and really a, the Judeo-Christian moral uh, philosophy that undergirds our Constitution, like it says in the Federalist Papers, you know, that men aren't angels. So, so let me ask you this. Don't you think in one way, and we could talk about it in a number of, from a number of vantage points, but conservatives and liberals misread human nature. Uh, you know, they don't believe there's a human nature. There's social engineers. That's the whole difference between left and right. The mm -hmm. Left people are good, 
It was Rousseau who said that man is born free, but is other, everywhere in chains. The chains are society. But man is not born free. I mean, there's nothing more helpless and unfree than a baby, just as an example. And people need to be watched. I mean, look what's happening. We live in a lawless society now, thanks to Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, criminals don't even go to jail. And what has it done? It's increased crime. Human beings are, what did Job say? Born to evil as the sparks fly upward. That's true. So, so let me ask you this. Um, is it just the drift of a culture that's lost its moral conscience, or do you think there's a concerted, whether it be China, whether it be Russia, is there a concerted movement underway to enact a coup? China is is a disgraceful country. It's uh, my image of China is that the Chinese Communist Party sent the Chinese Communist Army up ten thousand feet peaks in the Himalayas to destroy monasteries that had been there for a thousand years just because they were Buddhist and not. Not communists. <laughs> mm -hmm. How how evil is that? But the fact of the matter is, we have a homegrown anti-American movement. The Democrat Party is an anti-American party. Yeah, and uh, and the president is a gangster who really. I mean, it, it's frightening that he's in office. It's who's nice running our country right now. Well, in your opinion, matter, the people around him, Ron Klain, when he retired, talked about what a wonderful human being Joe Biden is. Joe Biden is a disgraceful human being. He's the worst human being ever to be in the White House. But he's one of the villains of history. Think of all the people that he's responsible for the deaths so of. All he, everybody who's Every kid who's taken fentanyl, uh, well, no. Biden takes bribes from the Chinese. They still have most favored nation status. He hasn't confronted them once. Uh, you know, it's just shameful. It makes you kind of wish we had one term, one year presidencies instead of four. And we, I don't know that we'll survive the four this time. Um, how has the Democrat Party changed? I mean, uh, to what do you attribute this radical shift? I'm toward glad you it? asked me that. Yeah. It started in the, at the Democrat Convention in 1968. I, I was brought up by communists, and I was part of the New Left. I did not go to the Democrat Convention to riot, but Tom Hayden and Jane Fonda and other leftists organized a riot at the Democratic Convention to destroy the presidential chances of Hubert Humphrey, who was the Democrat. That convention dominated right. Humphrey. And they hated Humphrey because he was a down-the-line liberal, like 95% ADL liberal. But 
he was an anti-communist and thought we needed to defeat the Vietnamese communists and their Chinese allies. Mm-hmm. That's why he set out to destroy him, which he did. And he got yeah. lots of praise from Bill Clinton for doing it. And the left is very, it's a, it's a crypto religion. People need yes. a religious faith. Most people, not everybody, but most people to sustain themselves. It's a consolation for human plight, which, you know, a lot of our fondest wishes are destined to go unfilled in this life. Um, And the left sees itself as the savior. I learned this when... uh, What was Senator Denton is no longer with us, but he held hearings with the Nicaraguan uh, guerrillas in the mountains who were about to turn Nicaragua into a hellhole. And one of the one of the people that testified before his committee, who was a member of the guerrillas, said that a priest who was in the ruling junta in Nicaragua had come to them in the woods and told them, you are the Christ. That that stuck with me. That's because that is the way left. They see themselves as saviors of the Well, yeah, I mean, I think about Martin Buber, who said, in every life, there's this I-thou distinction. You know, if people don't have uh, a relationship with the biblical God, they will make some other God or idol uh, the the highest good of their life. But let, let me ask you this. Your new book, The Radical Mind, is that your most recent book? Yeah, that came out in November. Uh, and, and, I just, just want to—I I see how— Conservatives, patriots are bewildered when they see what the left does. Mm. Uh, you know, like this, I, I, you know, I don't have epithets worthy of these foul human beings, but Cory Bush, who crusaded to defund the police and then took $750,000 in campaign funds for her personal security, how people like that think and how they can do what they do. And uh, the book tries to get inside the radical mind because of my experience. I was was a radical until my mid-30s when the Black Panther Party murdered a woman I had recruited to, I raised a lot of money to buy a Baptist church and turn it into a school for the Panthers, which I regret. Mm. So I, I learned the hard way. So I, I, I don't hold back in any of my books. Yeah. Uh, what, what was Berkeley like when you were in graduate school there? Well, compared to now, compared to Harvard now, it was pretty innocent. Yeah. I mean, the professors were leftists, but they, for the most part, 
Um, I, I wasn't, I was, for the most part, they taught the subjects and didn't impose Marxist theory on everybody. They weren't indoctrinating people in Berkeley in 1962. Right. Uh, now, you know, if I went to Berkeley as a radical, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've been to 400 universities and uh, there are always demonstrations against me and the administrators do everything in their power to prevent me from speaking. I was banned at, uh, I think it's called St. Louis University. It's a Catholic school. Yeah, SLU, yeah. And he, yeah. And the provost or whoever was dealing with me said, you, can only, you can't come unless there's somebody on the platform refuting what you have to say. I said, okay, invite someone. <laughs> <laughs> Did well, they? I, no, I, I, never made, I never made it there. They never let me in. That's, well, he, that's, the Democrat Party is a fascist party, people. Better get they here. are. You know, um, most modern yeah, uh, colleges. I say the conservatives are too decent. You know, conservatives are very good people and very civilized. And, huh. But that leads to them not wanting to embarrass their enemies who want to kill them, literally. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, look at what they've done to the January 6th peaceful protesters. I mean, yeah. You lose all your humanity if you think that you're saving the world. If you think that you're the, the savior and you're not, I mean, you're an ordinary human being. I mean, how could you not abuse that power and lie? And they justify it all by the beautiful world they're going to bring about. And they never think, and that's one of the reasons I left the left. They never try. They never try it, it, to, they never have to say they're sorry for what they've done. No, no. And, and their, their words, their actions, their betrayal of individuals and their betrayal of this country and their really subversion of the U.S. Constitution is, is just unforgivable. Uh, try to help the average viewer appreciate how dire the situation is for the future of our country. Please. Well... In the lead up to the withdrawal from Afghanistan, uh, this traitor, Austin, can you imagine he went AWOL, didn't tell anybody, and we're in the midst of two wars? In a normal society, he'd be shot by a firing squad, as would the president. Um, but the military brass is teaching. Americans that America is a an evil country, it's a white supremacist, it enslaved the slaves, all these are lies. Critical theory. It doesn't matter what they call it, it's racism. It's yeah. no different from what the Ku Klux Klan used to say about black people, except when you say it about white people, 
The fact of the matter is, in addition to being racist, it's incredibly destructive because white people, as it happens, created this country, created the freedoms that we enjoy, and it was actually religious people. My next book is this called America Betrayed, How a Christian Monk uh, Discovered to Freedom uh, and Why the Left wants to, is Determined to Destroy It. Um, I'm speaking of Martin Luther. That's where we get our freedom. Sure. From, sure. From the... Uh, let me ask you this. Have you been surprised at the unchecked anti-Semitism since October 7? Am I shocked? I actually, as somebody who's, I came into the right and I said, look, the right does a lot of good things. They do the, defend the Constitution. They're very good in the business world and the economy and sensible people. But... Um, they don't have a ground army. They're, they're so polite. They're getting called racists, white supremacists, insurrectionists, traitors by Chuck Schumer and, and Nancy Pelosi and the whole Democratic Party. And their response is to call them liberals. What are they liberal about? Except sex and hard drugs and spending on blasphemy and blasphemy and, and uh, you know it's just it's a tough battle and a, a very time yeah. to save this country what do we have we have eight to ten million unvetted people a huge number of which are spies and and criminals horrible criminals not even yeah. you know and, and uh, competition to be the worst human being you can be that you can bet that these so so these invaders have more people who are would just horrify you just to learn what their crimes are um do do you have hope that we will uh, muster the resolve to get back to constitutional government the rule of law people being held accountable. Here's the thing. The, the, the left is very good at political warfare, and I, I wish that more conservatives would copy their methods without becoming them. I mean, they, they should be. It's, but Trump's... Uh, I, I'm waiting to see if Trump gets elected and if he actually does go for revenge. I think that would be a very healthy thing. I think after the Civil War, the, um, the North, well, of course, we don't know what would have happened if Lincoln had lived. He was obviously an incredibly great man. But they let the slave owners create this whole racist uh, attack on 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 the free freed slaves. Let let them terrorize them with the Ku Klux Klan and so forth. And they and it was in the name of healing the country. Mm. 
can be no healing. What kind of healing can you have when they, these 600 or 1,000 people who are milling around the Capitol peacefully, they're all patriots, waving American flags, escorted by police, are spending, you know, 11, 12, 15 years in rotting in jail, committing suicide. I mean, it's no, retribution. There's got to hey, be. I, they all have to go to jail. Now, I don't uh, believe that will happen. I believe I believe we can win the battle, but I'm uncertain over the long run that we can sustain it. That that that's my. And of course, there's the fact that they have rigged re-elections and could rig this one as well. And what I love um, about the Democrats is they never deal with the evidence. <laughs> they just say, that was yeah. the fairest election in history. How the heck do you know? There's never been an audit of all the elections in history. They just lie. I'm, I'm shocked at Joe Biden's lies. They're so foul and to, you know, Who, who's a bigger traitor, Benedict Arnold or Joe Biden? Oh, Joe Biden makes Benedict Arnold look like a Boy Scout. Let's <laughs> not forget. Let's not forget that Benedict Arnold was being loyal to his king. What's That's Joe true. Biden? Excuse, he's being loyal to his pocketbook. He's well said. For money. Uh, <laughs> It's just, Dr. It's, Horowitz. And, that, and uh, the idea that Democrats with a straight face can say there's no evidence, you know, when it was Nixon whose head was on the chopping block, they used to say it's the cover-up that tells you. Yeah, if the 20 or $50 million they took from our enemies was, was not used for nefarious purposes, why create 20 shell companies to conceal the source and the recipient. But it, it just, I almost wish I hadn't lived to see this. Well, uh, I know I speak for millions when I say I'm glad you are here to be a voice of reason and cogent response. Listen, time fleets away. We've only got a couple of minutes. I want to say before time elapses how grateful I am to converse with you. This is truly a thrill. Uh, you are a great American, uh, a meticulous thinker, and I wish you many blessings and Godspeed. Thank you. I think your audience will be most interested in a book I wrote called Dark Agenda, uh, which has been praised by Trump, um, which is about the war to destroy Christianity, but it's also about why Christianity, 98% of the settlers the in, in America who created this country were Protestant Christians. And that, that, of course, has been allowed to be pushed off center stage. But my book explains why that's so. Uh, and I think that religious people are under fire mm -hmm. with some solace from this book. Mm -hmm. Uh, your website um, is front page. Front Give page, us that website. Frontpagemagazine.com or frontpagemag.com. Same. 
Right. So. Well, listen, thank you very much. And I hope that we can uh, be on either radio or television and visit some more. In the meantime, I'm deeply grateful. Please keep fighting the good fight. America needs you, sir. I hate to say this because it's, but it's my karma. I was raised by communists. I'm paying. This is my atonement. Well, uh, In the great God country. bless you. God bless you. Folks, we've got to take a break. Alex McFarland here. Very special thanks to our guest, David Horowitz. We're going to come back and talk more about our nation and your future and how you can play a role in saving it. Don't go away. We're back after this. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. Welcome back to the program. Alex McFarland here. I'm glad you're watching Truth and Liberty tonight. We've got a lot of great show. In fact, uh, in a few moments, we'll talk with the organizer of a major event that I'll be in in Orlando, Florida, one week from today. It's called the Stand Firm Conference, and uh, we'll talk more about that. But, you know, really, uh, the conversation we just had with uh, attorney, scholar, conservative thinker David Horowitz um, if it sounded pretty dire and draconian, what's going on, the unraveling uh, of our country and the undermining of our freedoms, it's because it is really true. Uh, we're in a battle, and uh, one individual that understands this battle is our guest right now, um, Wayne White, and I want to thank you for being with us, and we're going to talk about censorship and fascism. I mean, think about this, folks. The left says that we who are conservatives, uh, Christians, people of moral and standards, that we uh, want to silence our enemies. No, uh, we believe in free speech. But the funny thing about it, the left does not want free speech to be extended to us. In fact, just uh, earlier today, I got this little warning from Facebook that Facebook was going to delete my Facebook page, Rev Alex McFarland, because of what hate speech. Now, I put a lot of Bible verses on social media, 
John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But apparently the tech overlords and uh, Zuckerberg's minions believe that to tell people about Jesus and the love of God is hate speech. Well, they haven't kicked our Facebook page down yet, but we're living in a time when truth is being censored, or at least the attempt to censor it. Mr. White, I want to thank you for being with us on Truth and Liberty, and we look forward to hearing your story and your experiences. Welcome. Well, I'm glad to be here, Alex. And yeah, the world's kind of in trouble. I think we've got bigger problems than most people want to admit. And that's been part of the problem all along. This is not something that came about in the last 20 years or just because Obama got elected and then still running the government and Biden got elected. The, the problem has been there. And I think the last time we talked, I mentioned to you in 1963, uh, the uh, 45 goals of communism were introduced to the unanimously introduced uh, to Congress. And the funny thing is, it's not many times you can, let's say, play a football game and the other coach sends you the play plans. They sent us the play plans. We just ignored them. And the other thing that I have preached for years and done speeches on is a simple statement. And I don't know if I'm the first one to coin it or not, but I sure am the first one to use it a lot. And that is whoever controls the input controls the output and the outcome. And that's where we've lost. We don't control the schools. We don't control Hollywood. We don't control entertainment. And we certainly don't control the news. So if the old saying when computers came out, garbage in, garbage out, and that's what we're getting. You know, when you got kids, yeah. 20 and 40 year old kids that don't know who George Washington is, or you go to the beach on 4th of July and they can't tell you what we're celebrating, <laughs> there's a problem. Yeah. And well, that, there, that there is, is a problem. problem. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of things have happened. We can talk about any or all of these, but there's been the shift in journalism and the media. There's been a shift in law and the judiciary. There's certainly been a shift in public education. And, um, you know, speak to this, by the way, your book, The Decline of America, H. Wayne White Sr., they gave us a republic, let's not lose it. Um, Eric Metaxas talks about that, those cryptic words by Benjamin Franklin. Uh, Sir, what kind of government have you given us? And Benjamin Franklin, coming out of the Constitutional Convention, said a republic, if you can keep it. I guess that that implies that a representative republic, it's not just automatic. It has to be nurtured and preserved, doesn't it? Right. And the communists have been very good. I tell you, there, there are two things that, that I am discovering. One of them I wrote about in the book, and, and that is that, you know, you hardly hear the word communism. In the 1940s and 30s, we were a very anti-communist country. Uh, movies were done that, were, that talked about communism. And uh, I remember a TV show, I Led Three Lives, which was about an FBI agent who was uh, infiltrated the Communist Party. And he was also a husband and a businessman. And that was a very good show. And so in the 40s and early 50s, Hollywood was very anti-American. I mean, anti-communism. So naturally, the communists went in and took over the Screen Actors Guild. And, you know, when's the last time you saw a movie 
that depicted communists as bad people. They depict Muslims. They depict this, uh, white uh, supremacists, which that's a joke. There's hardly any real white supremacists as far as numbers go. There's more Black right. Panthers or uh, you know Black Lives Matter people that are doing damage than any white supremacists. I've, I've made speeches all over the country, uh, went to school in Arizona and, and attended John Birch Society meetings and uh, you know when I was in school out there. And in all the places I've been, nobody's ever approached me to be a white supremacist, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we aren't defending ourselves. And one of the things we got to do, and I tell you, if we start doing it, that'll, we're not going to win. I'll tell you that right now. I can get into that. My new book, which is a follow-up to this, talks about just what, how big the battle is that we're up against. And it may take divine intervention if we're going to win. But, you know, we got to start calling them what they are. They're communists. And one way to find out if a person's a communist is go down that list and say, hey, did you protest when they were tearing down statues? Uh, did you protest when they were uh, rioting in the streets and burning down government buildings? Did you protest when they go after religion? And there's a whole list that's on that, that list of 45 goals. And if you didn't, then you're a communist. You may not know it. You may not want to admit it. But, you know, mm -hmm. that's like if you do everything that's wrong in the Bible and then say, I'm a Christian, you, you got a problem. You know, you right. can't sin and, and fornicate and do all the stuff that, that you're not supposed to do. Now, you can get forgiven, but while you're doing it, it's pretty hard to say, I'm a, I'm a communist, you know? And let, one let of the things this I've question. Oh, I'm sorry. But I, I mean, yeah, I'm old ahead. enough. I, I well remember the fall of the Berlin Wall and the breakup of the Soviet Union. You know, it was my whole life, the USSR, uh, Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. And it, it, Wayne, it seems like since the fall of communism in Europe, it was almost like that was the birth of communism in, in America. Why do you think that was, if indeed that was the case? Well, I think it was growing. If you read my book, I start at the turn of the century and show you how it progressed through the, through the nation. I mean, uh, when uh, McCarthy was getting torn up for uh, saying there were communists everywhere, he was only saying they were in the State Department. According to the FBI reports that were released 50 years later, they were everywhere. They were in the White House. They were in the Pentagon. They were in the State Department and still are. And, you know, we in this, these were these were Soviets because that was our enemy. That's another thing a lot of people forget. In the 60s, China was basically a third world country. And then the Rockefellers got Nixon elected. And I, I just finished a couple of chapters on him. And boy, what a lefty he was. But he campaigned as a conservative and then did everything he campaigned against when he got in office. So, you know, Richard if we Nixon? start calling communists, Richard Nixon, yes, very, I mean, he opened up China. He, uh, yeah. he, he, preached, he preached that the Democrats were spending too much money with 58, imagine this, $58 billion uh, deficits and budgets. And when he left mm. office, he was spending $280 billion. So a lot of the things that he preached against, he actually did. Now, you're not going to find many historians that teach in our colleges today that'll tell you that, but you can go on and, and study it and you can find books where the truth has been written. 
and that's the other thing, you know, you, you Google some stuff. I remember when I wrote that book, that was three years ago, I'd Google stuff and I'd get a report and then I'd go back and want to check it and it would have changed. So, yeah. you know, and, and just very quickly, Alex, let me tell you what the problem is. We have an iceberg that's floating down a river. That's communism. It's there. It's covert. You can see it. But what are icebergs? They're bigger under the water. And what's, yeah. what's under the water, you don't see. That's the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, and the new one that just had a meeting, the uh, World Economic Forum. Guess what? The members are all the same. The gold is all the same. And that is world domination. You want to know why? And I can give you a single reason why Trump is so hated by these people. In 2016, and I'm paraphrasing, he made a speech and he said, we don't need a world government. We need sovereignty. Every nation. Yes. And when he went to the UN, that's what he said. If you remember, he said, every one of you nations should look out for your people. We don't need a world government. So he's against it. And all these other people are for it. And they want to run it. And the rest of us will be nothing. And one of the mottos, true or not, but it's certainly getting credit for it, the World Economic Forum is, you will own nothing and be happy. And if you haven't looked mm -hmm. up the World Economic Forum, just don't go to their website. But they they just had a meeting, and they're environmentalists, right? You know how many planes, yeah. private planes, flew in there last week? Oh, I mean, Over a thousand airplanes. Well, we know they're the biggest hypocrites. I mean, the radical environmentalists that want to take away the amenities of life for the rest of us. They fly in their jets. They wear their uh, leather Armani shoes, they have a carbon footprint with their limos, and yet they want the rest of us to, to drive these inoperable electric cars, can't cook with gas. I mean, the, the lefties, folks, believe this. The, the woke left that wants to save the planet, what they really want to do is control your life. And uh, Wayne, I, I believe one of the reasons that they denigrate America is uh, America, the church, the traditional family, and true education. I mean, we are the things that stand in the way of this otherwise unstoppable juggernaut. I, I uh, talk about it in my book, and right now I can't remember whether it was Lenin or Stalin, but one of the things he said is the the hardest country— to change is going to be America because of their morals, their patriotism, and there was a third thing. And that's true. I look at it this way. They've got the bus full of everybody else rolling down a hill. You know what's stopping it? A chalk under the wheel. You know what that chalk is? It's the United States, because we're the ones that everybody used to, not now, but used to look up to. They don't anymore because you go down the streets, and this is what the, is shown on foreign television, is homeless people. And all they talk about is the drugs and everything else. So where we used to be the country with the streets made of gold in the 1800s when everybody came here, and by the way, when we only had about uh, 20 million people and we needed people to expand after we purchased the Louisiana Purchase in the 1700s. Right. So- yeah. You know, now we sure as heck don't need more people. 
And we don't need what I call the Biden Trojan horse. Right. Which is exactly what we have at the border. Well, let's talk. And, and by the way, folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Wayne White, author of The Decline of America, A Cancer Spreading. And what other books have you written, Wayne? Well, this is the first one I've written in a long time. I wrote one in the 80s called Selling in the 90s, which is out of publication now. But I, I retired and I've been a speaker and speaking on this subject. And somebody said, why don't you put it in a book? And I sat down yeah. and I did. And and then I got to thinking, who finances these people? You know, this one of the things they brag about is this is the downtrodden, the poor that make up the Communist Party. Well, <laughs> how do they get all this money? And if you want to know about this, let me give you an example of whoever controls the input controls the outcome. Does anybody honestly believe that the Hamas organization, even backed by Iran, has the money, the organization, the wealth, the the total, uh, uh, you know, uh, wherewithal to do the riots all across the country that they're doing? No, it's the Communist Party, and they're very good at using other people to do their dirty work. And here they are in this country. And right now, I'll be honest with you, if we had a civil war, or even if we had a war, I don't think we can win it because there's too many un-American people in here right now. So yeah. but we're in trouble. The world's in trouble because it's going to be a godless one world government. Well, and let me just say to everybody watching this show, and I want to resume my conversation with Wayne White in a moment, but uh, I agree we are in trouble. And I agree that there really is no hope except, except God's intervention. If, if you're watching Truth and Liberty tonight and our conversation with David Horowitz and now Wayne White, and it sounds dire, well, it is, but there is hope, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the number, if you need prayer, maybe you just want to talk to somebody and you need a listening ear, well, here is a number for encouragement. Look, no strings attached. We just want to help you and encourage you, but it's 719-635-1111, 719-635-1111. There is hope, and that begins with a relationship with Christ. And uh Wayne, I, I got to tell you, um, I would be hopeless, except I know that at, at some of history's darkest moments, people pray and God intervenes. But I want to talk about the upcoming election. Um, first of all, what are your thoughts? And here, here's a question. What do you say to the person that... Um, they feel like they couldn't vote for Trump because he's rude, he's brash, he's this human wrecking ball. Listen, I happen to believe that Donald Trump is the Churchill of our times. Uh, in, in World War II, the, the man that saved the world largely, and we can lay the thanks of the preservation of the Western world thanking Winston Churchill, I really think Donald Trump is the Churchill of our times. What do you think, and what do you what do you say to the potential voter that just uh, on first blush finds him to be distasteful and rude? Well, you know, I was talking to a gal today, and she didn't know who she's going to vote for, and she was going on about Trump, and I said, you know, 
within reason. I don't care what he says. What I want to know is what's he going to do for me? You know, uh, he does say some things that I wish he wouldn't say. But when he was in charge, and there's no smarter guy that's been in the White House probably in the last 200 years than Donald Trump. But let me back up just a minute, because I do not pretend in any way, shape, or form to be a, a Bible scholar. But I am reminded of the phrase that God helps those who help themselves. And I hope not too many people are relying on Jesus coming down without them doing their part to, to help us yeah. out, you know? Because, yeah. it, like he says, he, he, he'll he help you, but you got to help yourself, too. You can't just lay back and, you know, be a drunk and say, I you know, he'll save me. No, you got to put forth a little effort, too. But getting back to yeah. your question, two things. Personally, we could be in a war before the end, before the election, because I think the Chinese, first of all, their army is so much better than ours now. Uh, the quality of their army is not as good, but the numbers and, and their determination and even the training at this point. And I think if they're going to ever take Taiwan, why wouldn't you do it and not risk Trump getting in office? So yeah. we could very well. That's another thing about the environment. Oh, my God, in 50 years, the world's going to be a disaster. Hey, we got more of a threat from a nuclear weapon than we do from the rainforest drying up or something else. But, yeah. you know, I just when you when you look at what we're fighting, you have trillionaires, basically, when you put them all together, billionaires that have the money and they have the cannon fodder in the way of young people who are communists and don't know what they're talking about and have been brainwashed. And I don't know how we beat that. I, I really don't. Um, I mean, when you look at three or four thousand people that are scholars and journalists or, and, and billionaires, and they all want one world government, it's not just in America. This is worldwide. And are, I'm sure you're familiar with BRIC, what the Chinese oh, are yeah. doing. Well, they just, yeah. they just add 11 countries to that. So now they've got, you know, all of the Latin American countries— They've got uh, some African countries, even some uh, Middle Eastern countries, and they're all starting to use the yen instead of the American dollar. If they ever become the world currency, we're, we're, we're done for. We're done for. Oh, yeah. So, so there's, there's let, let me ask you this. Trump could do it. Yes. The, yes. Trump, Trump could uh, not only help restore America, but uh, frankly, help save the world by staving off globalism and communism. And uh, let me say to everybody watching, look, God knows my heart is with Jesus. My hope is in God, but God works through people. And I'm telling you, uh, the one person that I think has the courage the presence of mind, the fidelity to America to help steer this ship and turn things around is Donald J. Trump. And I would just beg people watching, please don't let your uh, tolerance level for impoliteness cost us this upcoming election. But uh, here's my question, Wayne, at the moment, the devaluing of the American dollar, and like, like you said, the yen 
uh, being embraced in places in America, the American dollar going down. I know there's, look, I've, you go anywhere to Manhattan and there's a, a shockingly high percentage of places in, in New York City that they'll take the euro, but they won't take the American dollar. The convenience stores and restaurants in New York City and other big cities that, that won't take American cash, but they, they will take a euro. Here's my point. The devaluing of the dollar, has it just happened accidentally or have the Democrats intentionally tried to crash uh, the, the American currency? Almost everything the Democrats have done for the last 25 or 30 years has been to destroy the country. Now, why? I don't know. And some of it's to make money, but that's just like the border situation. You go back to Reagan. Remember the deal? If you if, yeah. if you pass our tax law, our tax increase, then we'll pass your immigration law. Reagan passed their tax law, and they did not pass his, and he was so mad at him until the day he died. He called him dishonest. But Again, one of the, the book I'm writing now goes back to the the uh, beginning of the country and how rich people funded both sides of every war we've been in, you know, and made money off of it. The Rockefellers, the Rothschilds. But anyway, and it's all been about making money. But the other interesting thing I found is that most of this $36 trillion that we owe didn't go to help the American people. It was used for bailouts. It bailed out big businesses. Okay. It, it bailed out other countries. We actually used American tax dollars to bail out other countries that wouldn't tax their own people. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. It, it is crazy. And, uh, you know, like you say, $34 trillion of national debt, the, the interest going up exponentially even as we speak. And none of this was to help the American people. It, it really no. is suicidal. Yeah, you can't, you can't spend more than you take in, and we seem very good at it. Uh, you know, I was talking to my wife about it today because it's just crazy. But a good example is years ago, uh, the uh, somebody got a contract to upgrade the Abrams tank for about $100 million. And the military says it doesn't need upgrading. We don't want it. Congress passed the bill anyway. And this is the kind of stuff that we put up with. And I'll tell you why. When you vote, and this is sad, and it may upset some people, but it's more true than not. When you vote, you're really voting for a paper tiger. I don't care who you vote for, because the people that run the government today are the lobbyists. You want something done, you pay a million dollars to a lobbyist or a hundred million or whatever. I don't care if you're a pharmaceutical. And please, Alex, answer me this. Why do we allow foreign countries like China to have lobbyists in Washington to influence the people that are supposed to represent Americans? Yeah. Please explain that to me, because I can't figure it out. No, no. And uh, again, our leaders, the people we send to represent us in Washington are supposed to advocate 
for the good of the country, the Constitution, taxpaying citizens. Yes, why would our arch enemies be allowed to lobby and bend the ear of our elected officials? It, it's, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, Wayne, do you know of any candidates running that have identified that issue and want to do something about it? Uh, they probably wouldn't have enough money to run if they did, to be honest with you, because the lobbying starts when you're running. Because if if you're for something that uh, a particular or a group of companies don't want, you're you're not going to get elected. You know that's just the way the system works. You know, and I wished it was different. You know, I wish when I went to the vote to the polls to vote that I felt like my my vote literally was going to accomplish something. But that's like one of our local uh, guys that ran here. Uh, he, I went to one of his meetings. I had a check in my pocket for $200 for him. And when I got through listening to him, number one, he's probably my age, which makes him an old man. He wasn't very coherent. And all he talked about and the whole group that when we were walking out went, you know, what is going on? All he talked about was, I saved this person $4,500 on their taxes, and I saved this person. All he talked about was saving money for clients uh, or his constituents on their taxes. Well, first of all, he didn't do anything. I'm sure he handed it off to an aide who wrote a letter or got something done. But nothing about all the stuff that's going on in the world right now. And that's the problem. We just, there's too many people that don't know what they don't know. And you're not yeah. going to get it off of the news. You know, occasionally I watch MSB, NBC to see what's going on. And I probably shouldn't say this because jokingly I tell people, and I have a barf bucket next to me when I'm doing it because it's that bad. I mean, it is terrible. You know, and I mean, such lies. And they get away with yeah. it because. That's all people. Well, watch. hold that thought. We, we've got a brief break. This is Truth and Liberty. We're talking with Wayne White. When we come back, some announcements about some very special upcoming events, events near you that we want you to be a part of. We'll also take phone calls and questions. Don't go away. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose. Written in the heart of God. Long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. To help you experience his unconditional love, to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. 
Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland, what an exciting show. And uh, my goodness, we're going to resume our conversation with Wayne White in just a moment. But I want to make you aware of some special events coming up. And I'll be in Florida for the Stand Firm Conference a week from today. But listen to, the, to this Flashpoint Live 2024. This is February 8th and 9th. Very exciting opportunity. This is at Karis, uh, Woodland Park, Colorado, where I have the privilege of teaching. It is the most exciting Christian university anywhere. But February 8th and 9th, listen to the speakers. Andrew Womack, Lance Wallnow, Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy of Lindell TV. I was just on there about two weeks ago. Rick Green, Luke Ball. It's going to be amazing. It's called Flashpoint Live 2024. You don't want to miss it, February 8th and 9th, Karis. So go to awmi.net slash events. Super easy to find online, awmi.net slash events. And uh, it's just going to be amazing. I, I would love to be. I'm running through my mind thinking, can I make it to that plus get to Orlando. It's going to be phenomenal. And then February 15 through 17, the Riverside Gospel Truth Conference. We, we call those GTC, Gospel Truth Conference. This is in Riverside, California, live in person. Andrew Womack, Dwayne Sheriff. It's going to be at the Riverside Convention Center in California and also awmi.net slash events. And then finally, I mean, Look, I give God the glory. We've got an amazing crew. We, we've got amazing guests. Earlier this week, we had Lauren Green of Fox News. Tonight, David Horowitz, Wayne White, and so much more. Eric Metaxas, Richard Harris, just interviewed him. So look, if you go to the website, truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. In fact, I just submitted three articles this week that I wrote that I think are rather timely op-eds I submitted to the website. Uh, if you subscribe to Truth and Liberty, we're going to keep you up to speed. There's My Faith Votes, our uh, very special friend, uh, Debbie Chavez, and we, we want you to be informed, inspired, mobilized, engaged, and we ask that you pray for truth and liberty. I'll, I'll share more about that and some other things in a moment, but I want to resume with our guest and go to our first call in Florida. This is uh, Robert in Florida. Robert, thanks for, for holding, and uh, what is your question tonight? Hi, Andrew. Uh, excuse me, uh, Alex. Uh, hi. Uh, my question to um, William, um, in, in light of all this uh, concern about, you know, uh, warfare and such, as you were describing, it, it brings to mind something that we're, we're talking about, and that is that this so-called dead hand project with a fail-safe mechanism that has a target, you know, the targets are here in this, in this country. And nobody knows, I mean, well, we know where the, the coordinates are to where they are in Europe, and we know the coordinates to where they're coming to the U.S., and there's 25 of them, as the chatter goes. If that's so, what, what stops the dead hand from being triggered? Is it diplomatic relations with Israel, or is this is a judgment we see in Ezekiel 39.6, where it talks about Gog, uh, fire coming on them and those who dwell carelessly in the aisles? Could that be something that's triggered by something we see with America turning its back on Israel once again, where that's the final draw? 
That's a good, good question. Qu uh, yeah. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead, Alex. You're more of a well, well, of I, scholar. I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> th this is a good question because, you know, Russia has nuclear capabilities. Uh, the degree to which China, North Korea, uh, Middle Eastern nations, uh, certainly we do, uh, and there's not only nuclear capabilities, but who's got their hand on the button. I mean, Wayne, the world is a powder keg right now. I mean, uh, what would trigger that explosion? Um, what about an attack? And what would it look like? And even as we do this show, you know, we're making airstrikes on uh, warships in the Middle East. Uh, Wayne, speak into this. Jump on anywhere you choose. Well, first of all, we have to defend Israel for the simple reason, and they have made it very clear, their leaders over the years, we will not suffer uh, another Holocaust. And they have yeah. nuclear weapons and had them for a long time. And believe me, if it got down to them losing, really losing, or an attack by Iran with a nuclear weapon, they're going to unload. But I, I brought up something in my book called PSW, and I'm probably the only person that came up with this. It's called Property Salvation War. And you're more likely to see that, maybe. And what that means is, if you bomb conventionally, just look what's going on in the Ukraine. You, you you, you've got a junk pile that you took over. If you use a nuclear weapon, you can't even go in there for 10 or 20 years. But what if you used germ warfare, kind of like what we just went through as a practice with the pandemic? Because if you've got the cure, you can walk into a country and you've devastated them and you've got, you, you've got prime real estate. So we may see that. Here's my prediction, because we, we're overpopulated. Either God's going to step in Humans are going to step in or Mother Nature is going to step in because that's my prediction. I won't live to see it, but that's my prediction mm -hmm. because really and truly, there's too many people on the world. We're not going to be able to feed them. We can't even control them right now. And something's got to happen. And I hope it's not war. But I, I did say a while ago, I think if there's going to be a war with China, it will be before the end of the this year, because they don't want to mm -hmm. mess with Trump. You know, he kept right. us out of war for years. God knows if he had, had been elected fairly, where we'd be today. Well, so, let, let me ask I you don't this, know what's Will. Gonna trigger it, but there's there's a lot of triggers that could happen. Uh, will so, will some sort of war be the Democrats' October surprise? It, it could be, because there again, if we got in a major war, they could very well uh, negate the election using that as an excuse. But, yeah. it, it, and you know, the sad thing is the, the people that are pushing this, they, and they never have for all the years, and that's what my new book is about, they don't care about how many lives. Let me give you a good example, going back to Nixon. Nixon sabotaged Johnson's peace deal that he was working on by telling the, the, the South Vietnamese 
both sides that if he got elected, it would be a better deal. And when he got elected, he expanded the war. 22,000 more people died than if the peace deal that Johnson was working on. And I'm not a Johnson fan, but this no. is the kind of crap that goes on, unfortunately. Excuse my language. But yeah. I, I just, it, we live in a really bad time right now. And I think that uh, one of the things that, that, that the Chinese are trying to do is get us involved in other places using up our equipment, using up our money, and, you know, and then they can just almost walk in to Taiwan and we won't do much. You know, we'll just say it's too risky or who knows. We're, we're living in perilous times and we really need to be in church more for sure. Amen. Well, on that note, I want to change gears. Robert, thank you. And we're going to stay in Florida, and I'm going to bring up a, a colleague and a friend, Pastor Mark Acevedo, because, folks, uh, I know a lot of what we've talked about tonight has been uh, dire and dark because it's reality. I mean, here on Truth and Liberty, we are duty-bound to bring you the facts. But this is a time to have your house in order. And by that, I mean spiritually, to know that you're saved, to know that you have put your faith in Christ and are born again. I think we fight the good fight. We do all that we can do for God and country, for truth. Uh, but ultimately, our individual souls and our lives must be in the hands of Christ the Savior. Well, I wanted to bring up part uh, Pastor Mark Acevedo, because I've got the great honor, a week from now in Florida, there is the Stand Firm Conference. And I know we have a lot of viewers in Florida. I'm going to be in Orlando, Florida. I couldn't be more excited. And Pastor Mark, uh, you have spearheaded the organization of this, the website Stand Firm Conference. Now listen to this, S-T-A-N-D-F-I-R-M-C-O-N-F, like Stand Firm conference, C-O-N-F abbreviated dot com. But Pastor Mark, I wanted to have you on. Let's talk about the event you and I will be a part of next week. And let's urge people in Florida and wherever you may be to attend. But Pastor Mark, welcome to Truth and Liberty. Hey, Alex, thank you so much. Really excited to be here and really excited that we're about a week away from the Stand Firm Conference. Yeah. Well, you know, tonight on the program, we've been talking about the political landscape, you know, the economy, so many problems the world faces. Tell us about what, what we're going to hear at the Stand Firm Conference and why you believe people should uh, do whatever it takes to get there and, and attend. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, the genesis for the Stand Firm Conference comes from Ephesians 6.13, you know, the famous passage where Paul is writing about put on the armor of God. And Ephesians 6.13, he says, therefore, take up the full armor of God that you might be able to resist in the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. And uh, what really the Lord put upon my heart this conference, because we see so much of the church, you know, equivocating to the world. And the church has lost its glory. There's been a lot of um, just a lot of silly things and a lot of sad things that have been going on in the church world. So my heart was filled. Where can we get together with other believers and make a declaration and saying, you know what? We are going to stand firm in the faith. We are going to stand firm in 
Christ. You know, many times in our lives, we're like Elijah after that great victory on Mount Carmel when he goes under the juniper tree and he knows Jezebel's hunting for him. And he says, you know what, Lord, take my life. I'm the only one who who's standing for you. And of course, we all know the famous rebuke from the Lord, right? Hey, there are 7,000 others who haven't uh, bowed the knee to Baal. Well, the Stand Firm Conference, it's about where are the other 7,000 that we are going to say, we are going to stand firm. We're going to stand firm in, in objective biblical truth. We're going to stand firm in the faith of the fathers and of the reformers. And we are going to stand firm for Christ. So that is yes. the whole key to the uh, Stand Firm Conference. Right. And uh, the, the website, again, did I have it right? Stand Firm Conf, C-O-N-F, uh, is it dot com? It is dot com. It's Stand Firm, C-O-N-F dot com. Uh, we are days away. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're excitedly putting the final preparations in place, um, but we're going to have, you know, godly worship. We're going to have godly worship. Alex is going to be delivering the keynote address Friday night. It begins Friday night at 7 p.m. and It'll be Friday night. And then Saturday we begin at 9 a.m. with registration starting at 8. And we'll go through the evening. Uh, we'll go through uh, 4 o'clock on Friday. And then we have afterwards for anyone who wants to stay, we have a, you know, we have a beautiful fellowship time with hot hors d'oeuvres and everything else for people to get to know each other and, you know, to make new friends. So we're really, sure. really, really excited. Now, do people need to get a ticket? Do they need to register or uh, just show up? And if so, where? Sure. If you go to a website, okay, um, you'll see a thing that says um, click here to register. Uh, I I believe that last night the registration was locked out. If you're locked out, there's a number on there to call. All right, just call that number and we'll get you registered. And right. by the way, the it covers Friday, Saturday, and then we ended Sunday with morning worship, where Alex will be uh, preaching the morning worship that day. Amen. Well, hey, let me say, Pastor Mark, I'm honored that you would invite me. I'm very honored to come down to Orlando. And folks, even if no matter where you are in America, if you can't make it to Orlando, you can pray. And I know that's easy to say, and it might sound, you know, superficial. But the book of James says, you know, faith without works is dead. And let me encourage all of you, if, if you can possibly come to Orlando, uh, and join us next weekend, uh, February 9th to 11th at the Stand Firm Conference. But wherever you are, look, stay informed, be registered to vote, influence others, get out of your comfort zone. Um, Pastor Mark, I know that uh, as a Christian, my destiny is with Christ, but, you know, he tells us to be salt and light in this world. And doesn't the Lord expect us to put some shoe leather on the ground and do what we can do to stand for truth as well. Absolutely. That's all what Ephesians 6 is about. It's, it's all about yeah. us doing the work, the faithful work, to stand and to defend the faith. And, and that's it. I, I, I tell my church often, you know, Christianity is not a spectator sport. And there isn't Social Security in Christianity, right? We labor until the end. 
And so yeah. you're absolutely right, Alex. That's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Wow. Well, I want to say uh, in, in all of the preparation, you are an exemplary pastor. I just wish there were a million more of you, Mark. And um, I look forward to seeing you. We're going to have a great time down in Florida. Thank you for calling in tonight on Truth and Liberty to give us a heads up about this wonderful event. Thank you, Alex, for having me, and I just pray that uh, that we all collectively advance the kingdom of God. That's that's my heart and my desire. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you're just tuning in, Alex McFarland here. This is a show you want to go back and watch again at the website, truthandliberty.net. The shows are archived. Please get on your, your social media, your email list, and your Facebook page and tell people about truth and liberty. And one last thing, and then I've got some more questions for Wayne White, but, um, you know, the gospel is free, but it does take resources to deliver this free message. And, you know, I was just in the Dallas-Fort Worth airport a week ago, and somebody flagged me down, and they recognized me. They said, Alex McFarland, we see you on truth and liberty. We see you on media interviews. I, I told the story back in early December I was on Interstate 40, driving through Western North Carolina. I had been to the uh, Billy Graham ministry for a board meeting, and I go in a store to buy a, a, a soda, and there Truth and Liberty was on the television screen in this just random convenience store, and, and I was on there. Here's my point. It's making an impact. The word is getting out, and you can be a part of it. So let me encourage you folks, if you would donate, truthandliberty.net slash donate. Again, the gospel is free. Well, I'll put it like Ben Franklin once said. Benjamin Franklin once said, everybody loves the fruits of freedom, but we also have to tend the tree that bears those fruits. Stand with us. Let's link arms together, and let's empower people to stand for God and country. Well, Wayne, um, I've, I've got a couple of more questions with the time we have left, but before time fleets away, I've got to ask you this. Do you have a website? Where may people find you and follow you online? Yeah, it's being worked on so many sabotages that you wouldn't believe, but that's oh, no. what happens. But yes, um, the, uh, the website is uh, uh, americadecline.com. And, uh, yeah, they can go there, and we're, we're still working on it. But getting back to what y'all were just talking about, if there was ever anything to network marketing, it would be Christianity. In other words, yes. just go out and convert the world. Go out and convert three people and get them to go out and talk to, not necessarily convert, just talk, you know? Show your religion. Yep. Don't hide it under a bushel basket. Go out and talk to three people and say, you need to go out and talk to three people. And if you got enough people to do that, in a year, you'd be surprised how many people would maybe be getting back on board. Because unfortunately, we've got a lot of them, as you know, bailing ship. And it's just unfortunate. But uh, Well, yeah. Uh, so I've got to ask you this. Um, Joe Biden, President Biden, I pray for him. I wish him no ill. Uh, he's our president. I do pray for him. But he looks so feeble. He sounds so erratic. And I mean, you, you know, I mean, if there's something humorous here, 
his handlers have got to be backstage banging their head against the wall because when when uh, Uncle Joe goes out in front of a microphone, I mean, nobody knows what's going to come out of his mouth. Um, do, do you think behind the curtain there are people just pulling their hair out, frantic about what he may or may not say? You know, sadly, Alex, I don't think they care. Anybody that honestly thinks a man who can't even hold a news conference for 10 minutes without looking at notes and photographs of who he's going to call on is running this country, you know, they they need to, they probably fail their IQ test. But no, and we all know who's running the government because the second tier of Obama's uh, administration is in the White House now. Well, where's the first tier? The first tier is our shadow government. And anybody doesn't understand that, I mean, let's face it, the guy can't put two sentences together. And what's really shameful is his wife put him through this and the yeah. people that are putting him through it. It's just, there's no other word for it. It's sad. I think it's sinful. I, I just think it's shameful to put any human through what he's being put through. It's like taking, you know, there's laws in Florida and most states, you can't take advantage of the elderly. Well, yeah, the Democrats can get away with anything, evidently. And that's sad. It's so, sad. It's sad for the country. But what are you going to do? You, do you really think that the Democrat ticket this fall will be Biden-Harris? There again, that is personally... I think what's going to happen is you've got three people that are running on the Democratic side. Some of them are kind of no names. If if any of those were to seriously jump to a third party, you know, the Democrats shouldn't win. But my yep. thought is, is, you know, the, the old Shakespeare saying that that woman does protest too much. Michelle, who's out there saying, oh, no, I don't want to run. She says that on every show she's on every day. What does that tell you? Yeah. I think that she will be nominated. And unfortunately, if she runs, she's probably will win because there's enough people who don't know what they don't know that she could win. And if she does, quite frankly, and, and I hate to be a, a you know, just a, a doomsday person, but, you know, I use the example all the time. Part of what's wrong with this country is we went to the doctor, we were diagnosed with cancer, and we hated the diagnosis so much, we don't even want to talk about it. We don't want to do, do anything about it, and the cancer's eating us up. Well, yeah. so I, I feel like you got to know what's going on, and so many people don't. They just honestly yeah. don't know how bad a shape we're in. So, you know, it's, it's anybody's game, but if I had to predict, I would be surprised if Trump is around to run, because he's either going to, they hate him, and they he is the Achilles heel, and the word communism yeah. is the Achilles heel. So yeah. I, I don't know. I hope Trump wins, but I don't see Biden. I don't see how he could, I just don't see how he could do it. And the uh, fact that they are running him. Re regarding ahead, former I'm President sorry. Trump and his candidacy, would you... Uh, care to prognosticate about who the running mate might be? I'd like to see, what's her name? Christy Nome in South Dakota. Yeah. Uh, sure. I think she's a good campaigner. 
you know, she's a she's a marketer. She's smart. I think it should be a woman only because I think it's time for a legitimate woman vice president who's qualified by intelligence, not by looks and feminality or color and, and feminality. But, you yeah. know, here I am, just an old fashioned guy. Yeah. But well, I you know, know. I mean, um, I, I, let me ask you this. I mean, Kamala Harris, uh, again, I've prayed for her. I, I, I have no animus. I wish her no ill will. But I mean, you know, do, do you think she knows that she is in the position she's in merely out of uh, not competency, not merit, but for affirmative action purposes? I mean, how, how meaningful is the victory if you only got there because, you know, she was a, a minority female, not because of her skills and accomplishments? Some people want their 15 minutes of fame. To be honest with you, I don't know how she was ever uh, got the position of attorney general. Can you imagine her ar arguing a court case? I mean, that has to be laughable. I'm sorry. I don't mean yeah. to be ill to her, but, you know, it, it, that's the other thing. People need to speak the truth. And Republicans are very nice people. And they don't like to talk the truth, and they don't like to do things that win. Like, oh, I, I get so sick of conservatives saying, oh, I don't believe in boycotts. I don't believe in getting somebody fired. I don't believe in doing this. It reminds me, just very quickly, if you ever watched the movie Patton, and he stood up, the big American flag behind him on the stage, and he's trying to pump up the troops. At the end, it's like he pumps up the troops and says, now we're taking your rifles away from you, but go out and win the war. I mean, they sit there for hours telling you what we need to do. And then they say, but we don't want to get this guy fired. We don't want to boycott. We don't want to, we don't want to do the things that got the communists in charge. You can't, you, you, you can't do that. You know, you just can't do that. Uh, it, right. It's sad. But you know, maybe people will wake up. If they read my book, they'll have a better idea of why we are where we are. So, you know, they can get that on Amazon, uh, either in an ebook or in, uh, you know, uh, the, the regular paperback book. But it, if you read that, you will have an idea of how we got here. And it wasn't overnight. Right. You know. Right. So, let me ask you this. Uh, do you think there will be some sort of, uh, whether it be a war or whether it be COVID 2.0, will the globalists, uh, and if not globalists, at least the Democrats, do something to cause us to be under martial law or some sort of a lockdown again to try and obstruct a, a free election? Um, I talk about that in my book. It's called the Helian dialectic. And what the Helian dialectic is, you want something to be done that people don't want. So what you do is you go out and create a problem and encourage a problem to where the people say, we need this done. And that's what you're seeing with the crime wave. You know, you out there, you promote a crime wave 
to the extent that it gets so bad, the American people say, we want something done. And they come up and say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do martial law. And everybody goes, good. And they don't realize this is what they wanted all the time. So I, the, the world is more confusing than I've seen it in my 80 years. And it's just, mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to predict. You know, and when I first wrote that book three years ago, I'll be honest with you, Alex, I thought there was hope. But when I started digging into who finances these people and what's going on there, we, we, we're we just so far behind that, like I said earlier, the only thing that I think can save us is divine intervention. And I don't know what that might be, you know, hmm. so... Wow. Who knows? Well, listen, I want to thank you. You, you know, you're, you're always fascinating to speak with. Appreciate you as a writer. I appreciate you as a communicator. And I appreciate you being on Truth and Liberty tonight. Uh, Wayne White, I'm, I'm going to let you go. But folks, let me say, this is a show. Please watch this again and listen. Tell somebody about Truth and Liberty. And again, if you go to awmi.net slash events, there's a Flashpoint Live coming up very soon at Karis. There's the Riverside uh, Gospel Truth Conference in Riverside, California. And my own website, alexmcfarland.com. I've got a, an incredible speaking tour all spring long. I'm teaching at Karis Bible College several times this spring. I'll be in Orlando. I'll be in Indiana. I'll be in Cincinnati. I'll be speaking February 19 and 20. I'll be giving the Christianity and America lectures at Blue Mountain Christian University. And this is a great honor. February 19 and 20. And so let me urge you, please go to alexmcfarland.com. One final thought also, please pray for our youth camps. I'll be leading six camps, participating also at Karis and Summer Family Bible Conference. We'll be in front of more than a thousand teenagers talking about God and country. The website for that is equipretreat.org. May God bless you and may God bless America. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.